This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. Minutia Men is up next, but first listen to this other fine OPI show. This week on End Friends, I talk about mass hysteria that has plagued the humanity throughout the years. We're going to be doing sex talk as always this week. We got the good, we got the bad, and of course, the ugly. And a zoo who might be doing the real-life Hunger Games. All that and more on the next And Friends. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Back again. Yeah, a little pandemic can't stop us. That's right. We are coming to you remotely from two different locations uh, through the magic of uh, FaceTime audio. And the wizardry of Rick able to press the right buttons. <laughs> don't and don't put too much pressure on me. <laughs> right. Because we've got a bonafide rock star coming on later on, right? I mean, we you do. don't want to embarrass, you embarrass yourself in front of him. Right. Uh, we have uh, Lauren Gold, the keyboard player for The Who. Yes. That's right. Uh, the Who. Yeah. That The, that the Who. Not, <laughs> not, not The Who. Not Who? Not, the yeah. Who. Yes, we are. Uh, in fact, I may not be able to contain myself with my. I'm, I'm going to be a total fanboy. I'll be like the the girls at the uh, Ed Sullivan show screaming, you know, for the Beatles. <laughs> you know, we should probably. You know, I think he's a big Beatles fan. We should talk to him about the Beatles. We should. You know, uh, I'm feeling uh, nostalgic already because uh, I got my uh, AARP membership <laughs> in the mail this week. Congratulations! Thank you. That's a big step. That's a big step. I got the card. I got. It wasn't just a letter this time, Dave. It was the actual card with, uh, you know, my name on it, Richard Kempfer, in raised lettering. And then today, I got oh. the trunk organizer, my oh, free dude. trunk organizer, <laughs> dude. Right. The, this makes the COVID COVID nineteen okay, right? I mean, it's not like. It makes it a special little. Uh, you'll always remember the day that you got your your I, trunk I organizer was during COVID nineteen. But here's my theory on AARP. My theory is their office staff are all young people, and you want to know why I think that? No, why? Because they sent out you know a little packet of all the uh, like discounts and stuff, uh -huh. and there was a list of them on one page, and it was about a six point font. Yeah, it was right. so tiny. I, I just, I mean, I, I put my glasses on and I still couldn't see it. <laughs> yeah, you know what? The, the, you're right. They're young people and they're just trolling. They're just That's laughing they're their doing. asses up. Hey, yeah, read this just... one, Grandpa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I remember when I uh, when I and, and I've been in AARP AARP for seven years. I mean, I, I jumped know, on that I, wagon immediately. I, I, uh, I just I just felt icky doing it, but I'm in now. There's Dunkin' Donuts. I don't know if you're a donut guy. Uh, I mean, you look like you're a donut guy. <laughs> uh, I'm a doughy guy. Uh, but you get a cup of coffee, you get a free donut. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Do you have to flash your card? Or um, Well, the Dunkin' Donuts that I go to, they know me. So they just flop out. They just throw me a donut. Yeah. Let's go with they know you. <laughs> well, that was also, uh, you know, the first, did I ever tell you this story? 
this is, I don't know, two years ago or so. I went to Dunkin' Donuts. No, I'm sorry. I didn't go. I went to, no, I went to a Panera, but it was in the same kind of strip mall. And I went to a Panera and I got myself, you know, a breakfast sandwich and a cup of coffee. And I noticed on the receipt, it said minus, minus 55 cents senior discount. Okay. I didn't ask for it. They just put it on. <laughs> You know, and my first inclination is, oh, fuck you. Right. But then I'm like, yeah, it's 55 cents. Yeah, I'm not 55 gonna- cents. It's 55 cents. <laughs> right. So, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I was fine with it afterwards. Um, well, congratulations. That's a big step. Thank I'm you. proud of you. Thank you. Uh, the trunk organizer. What are you going to put in your trunk organizer? I got a little, a little junk in the trunk, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah. Speaking of donuts, uh, well, congratulations! And uh, again, there are some great, there are some great stuff in there. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, I have to take your word for it because I couldn't read it. <laughs> um, hey, I want to ta- ask you something, and can you keep this to yourself? And everybody listening, yeah, can you sh- kind of keep it to yourselves yeah, too? Sh- um, whatever Dave's going to say. So, in pre-pandemic times. Yeah. I was really the master of coming up with ideas or excuses to get out of shit, right? And and you were you have been on the receiving end of many of those bullshit excuses. Uh, you're okay. like uh, you're like Mozart. Yeah, right. I am. I'm Picasso, yeah. and I just uh, yeah. Uh, when Dan, Dan and I would ask you to go out and have a few drinks with us, um, you know, whenever it was, yeah, yeah, sure, um, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah I got to do something else first. We knew, like, all right, there we go. Yeah, laying no the groundwork. He's laying the groundwork. Uh, it, well, and every once in a while, I would show up, and your 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 yeah, jaws twice in the last twelve years, somewhere somewhere on there, uh, three three well, times maybe. Now with COVID nineteen, during COVID nineteen, it's really hard to get out of stuff or get out of because <laughs> you know that's a great point. That is a you, great you, point. You know, and and now everybody's doing these Zoom calls, right? Yeah. Now. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of these calls are great. These like we calls. do them on Thursday nights with our buddies. Right. And the, right. That one's great. And I did one this past weekend on Sunday with my dorm friends from college. Okay. That I hadn't seen in like, I did the math. It's like 38 years. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. Yeah, I know. Does that. That's a big f- number. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know what? That was great. You know, I, I did have to... Uh, position the camera to hide a couple of my chins but it was fine it was great you know uh but pl- and zooming with my family is fine uh it's nice to see me. i mean those are all okay now of course the little kids are running around and it's chaotic and i bail on them i mean th- those are the ones i can go all right i've had enough and i bail yeah but the ones that i'm talking about and i think that you we you you're in the same boat uh-huh like the boards that you're on uh-huh. or the organization uh-huh <laughs> preach to me right you know oh my um, god and and they're running too long but there's no excuses to get out of them that's so right? true you can't say oh hey listen i gotta go pick up my son everyone's like yeah, yeah right. he's right there in the other room every your whole house is there <laughs> uh now i've discovered a couple of things that i've been and i've only done it a couple of times but feel free anybody who's listening feel free um i'm on a uh, mac i'm on a uh i don't even know what is it a wind but no a macbook plus all right and there must be some magnet in the screen because i discovered it i don't know how i discovered it i was just you know fiddling with a tape measure and if i put the tape measure close to my screen it makes like a max headroom effect (laughs) oh 
right? Oh, so, so, it's, so it's like, oh, he's fading out. So something's yeah, wrong right. with the feed. Yeah, exactly. It, it, that has worked out actually fantastic. Now, I might be breaking a $3,000 computer doing it, but I'm getting out of the Zoom call. So this is like the equivalent of the old conference calls of like crumpling a piece of paper. Yes, that's exactly true. So anybody out there that has, you know, what I say, MacBook, what is it, a MacBook Pro? There you I, go. You could, do, you could do a little metal thing by a screen and you can... Dad, don't send us a bill if you screw up your screen. But, a free uh, idea from your good pals, Rick and Dave. And then from time to time, I give my kids like 10 bucks to just yelp in pain in, a, in another room. Hey, wait oh, a minute. I- you did that last week on the podcast. <laughs> wait a minute. So uh, so those are my free ideas for you. Okay. Right? Well, we got we to gotta do a minutia, too, because it's in the title of the show. So let's uh, give them that. Right. You're listening to Minutia Men, featuring the wacky exploits of your good pals, Rick and Dave. Give them 22 minutes and they'll give you absolutely nothing of value. Okay. Let's prove that true. All right. This story comes out of the city that prior to COVID-19 never slept. Okay, now they're probably sleeping. New York City, right? Yep. Okay, I heart New York, right? Everyone does. So in an effort to keep everyone safe and enforce social distancing, Mayor de Blasio set up a social distancing tip line for New Yorkers to report group gatherings and other violations um, as a way to hopefully flatten the curve. A narc line. Yeah, that's exactly it. Well, this might surprise you. It didn't go so well for New York. Okay? What? Yeah. Um, yeah, you would have thought that they would be fine with ratting out their neighbors. The uh, The anonymous trip line was, or tip line was bombed and trolled with an array of penis pictures, <laughs> pictures of people giving the middle finger, Hitler memes, <laughs> images of dead rats. Oh, my God. Hey, right, hey uh, I got your tip right here. Right. And <laughs> hundreds of residents gradu- grabbing their crotches. Oh, okay. God, that is so great. But this is this is my favorite. And I, and I didn't know that this happened. And hundreds of pictures of Mayor de Blasio dropping the Staten Island groundhog in 2014. Did you know this? No. So in... So in 2014, Mayor de Blasio was at a groundhog festival or whatever the hell, and he actually dropped Charlotte, the two-year-old groundhog that was the the you know, Punxsutawney Phil of yeah, uh, Staten Island was, or whatever. Yeah, it was. It was a. Hey, I, I got you. I got you right here. Charlotte is what her and she. He dropped her, and she died a week later. Oh my God! He killed her. He, he killed Charlotte the groundhog. Um, so, and then a bunch of pictures, like I said, images and, uh, of that. So in New York, <laughs> it is yeah. funny. Cause you know, Andrew Cuomo, the may or the, uh, the governor of New York has become super popular oh, yeah. and mayor de Blasio, who's doing all his, uh, his daily, uh, briefings too, is totally not <laughs> like everyone well, blames him for everything. Well, didn't he say something like we're going to have a big ticker tape parade yeah. after this is all over? Yeah, great uh, idea. Isn't that what Philadelphia did in 1918 oh, and like 100,000 people died? Yeah, it's true. Well, I've got some even more distressing news for you, Dave, and uh, I'm luckily over it. I, I've It's taken me a couple of days to, uh, to come to grips with this, but on Tuesday, Bavaria announced Oktoberfest is canceled this year. 
Oh, holy crap. Okay, so so this is not a media-driven hoax then? This is not a hoax. The Oktoberfest, which starts in September, um, it has been canceled. It usually draws 6 million visitors, wow. but uh, they have decided that it's uh, too dangerous as long as there is no vaccine, and it's the first time that Germany has canceled the Oktoberfest in Munich since World War II. I'm surprised they canceled it during World War II, to be honest with you. Well, they were getting bombed and stuff at some point. They <laughs> oh. had to. And actually, it's it's been uh, closed two other times, too, uh, from other epidemics. In 1854, they, uh, mm. they, cut it, they shut it down because of cholera. And also in 1873. Uh, so it's been 100. So it's been 100 and what? 57 years? Or, yeah. Right, it's almost 200 yeah. years. Wow. Uh, now, uh, it, it turns out that this is an even worse story than you think because the beer crop in Germany is having a big, big problem. The the hops that are grown there, the, mm-hmm. they're usually harvested by uh, immigrant workers that come in and they're seasonal workers, usually from Poland, that come in and take care of all of this stuff. And because of COVID-19, they're not allowed in. And they're having all sorts of problems. And this is for real. There could be a beer shortage next year. <sighs> Holy crap. Really? Yeah. Yeah. We're oh, talking, this is real. This uh, is real. Are you? Uh, can you guys, by the way, I don't want to, as an aside, I told all my fr- all my family that I'm doing the podcast and not to come downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can you hear everybody walking yeah. just completely disregarding yeah. what I said? Yeah. You know. Well, wait for the phone to ring in my house because I've <laughs> yeah. specifically asked someone to answer it. So, yeah. And I guarantee it's going to ring like 10, 15 yeah. times. Right. Uh, one more thing about Germany before we go, and this is just to make you feel comfortable because I know you're a, a germophile. Yeah. Um, that uh, they're, the way they're testing COVID-19 now, have you heard uh-huh. this? Uh-uh. is the police, the German police, is randomly going to doors, knocking on oh, doors, God. and testing well, people. <laughs> you would think the experience of just knocking on doors in Germany, you know, still a little, you know. Too soon. Never, yeah, too soon, right. I don't know when it's not going to be too soon, but it's still too soon. Uh, all, right. Um, all right, so one of my favorite people and one of my favorite announcers uh, is Joe Buck. Okay, I know you love him. I hate him. <laughs> I, I especially love him when he does nationally televised games, yeah. Cubs and Cardinals. I love just. Uh, uh, I love. Uh, um, you know, so, we have a we have a tape of us watching the final out of uh, the Cubs winning the World Series in 2016, and he was the announcer for it. Yeah. And Sean, uh, you hear Sean, my son, who was you know what is like 13 years old at the yeah. time. You hear him screaming, "Oh my God, I hate Joe Buck so much." <laughs> <laughs> the, the happiest moment as a Cub hat fan, and you're still <laughs> hating Joe Buck, right? Exactly. Um, well, O is like everybody else is in quarantine, and he's bored, right? Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, he asked followers via his Twitter page to send in videos of just mundane, everyday life, you know, just snippets, and he would do play-by-play. Did you see this? Yes, I did see yes. that, yes. Uh, um, and so people send in like, you know, toddlers kicking a beach ball, you know, beer pong, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so he was doing it. Well, it appears the porn site I'm live 
And by the way, I had no idea of this porn site. Uh-huh. I do now <laughs> it's for research. Mark. Yes. Uh, has offered Buck $1 million to do play-by-play for one of their live shows. Okay. Uh, he has – actually, the story was broken by Darren Roval, who is – I did not know who Darren Roval was, but he is a um, a famous like sports business journalist okay. or whatever. Yeah. And and he, he tweeted you know what I had just said. And Joe Buck, I love his response. He goes – Depending on the site, because they didn't know what site it was at that time, depending on the site, they could just be handing some of my money back to me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty funny, actually. Yes. So I'll hold out for a better offer. Have, have you hold- seen him on uh, Brockmire? No, you no. I've, I, you're the second person who mentioned it to me. Uh, he's he's I, really funny on Brockmire. So, you know, Brockmire is a show about a fictional baseball announcer who is just a complete slime bag. And uh, he's got no friends in the world. And in one uh, episode, he gets named to the Hall of Fame. And his 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 uh, daughter is going to give the speech, and she doesn't show up because she hates him. And so he's he's in the lobby trying to figure out for somebody that can give the speech and the only one there that it, that doesn't despise him is Joe Buck. And he goes up to Joe Buck, he goes, Joe, you know, I need you to I need you to do this for me. And Joe Buck goes, uh, okay, all right. And, and he's he starts jotting down some notes and, and uh Brockmire comes up to him and says, How's it going? He goes, How do you spell he fucked a dog? <laughs> huh. So give him credit. He's got a oh. sense of humor. So I was while I was researching the story because I do a lot of prep. You do uh, right, and I got a hell of a lot of time, right? So yeah. I stumbled upon and I sent you the audio, or the YouTube video. Did you get it? Yes, I have a link yeah. here. Um, this is Steve Stone telling a story about Harry Carey um, from you know I don't know what year it was but I just could not stop laughing so you want to play play the okay. audio all right here we go Pete Cohen who was in our booth later became a producer for every day do you have root beer every day she said Harry we don't have root beer finally I told Mandy give him diet Pepsi or Coke whatever you have up there because he's got no taste buds they've been long dead <laughs> with all of the alcohol he's consumed so she would go up and get him a, a diet whatever <clears throat> Well, this one day, uh, and Harry, by the way, never went to the bathroom, ever. When the game started till the game ended, it could be five hours, it could be 15, 18 innings, it didn't matter. He never went to the bathroom. He must have had a bladder like a camel. I have no idea how he did it. He told me, well, I practice. I don't know how he practiced, <laughs> but okay. So anyway, Mandy, Mandy, can I get some root beer? Yes, so she leaves the booth. I'm writing up my lineup. And I hear this blood-curdling scream, and Harry is standing next to me, jumping up and down because he has gotten his little appendage stuck in his zipper. <laughs> little Harry. He apparently, had, he apparently had left it down when he left the washroom, and now, when he went to zip it up, he got stuck. A problem that a lot of us folks have experienced in our lives but doesn't make it any less uncomfortable for him and any less funny for me. <laughs> he was bouncing up and down, screaming, going, whoa! 
<laughs> I said, Harry, you got to sit down. People can see you on both sides of the booth. He goes, no, I'm stuck. I said, oh, I know you are. But he says, well, I can't. I, I can't get it out. I said, Harry, you got to do something. And he's, I'm telling you, he's beet red. The sweat is pouring down his face. And I look over to him. Finally, I look up there, and there's Mandy coming in the booth. I said, you better yank that little sucker out of there because Mandy's coming back in the booth. So I hear this, <laughs> he sits down, crosses his legs, must have been bleeding for three innings. It was one of the funniest things I'd ever seen. My head was down on my score pad. I was just, the tears were streaming down my face. It was literally the single funniest moment I ever had with Harry in the booth. No, that's, uh, that's friendship. Yeah. That's friendship. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember that happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to you, right? Oh, sure. Right. Uh, I was at, do you remember the restaurant? I don't even know if it's still around. Bixby's? Oh, yeah. Uh, 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 Bixby's the, and Crothers, right? The, uh... No, no, no. The, the No, it was a bar. It was like the... It, no, Bixby's I don't remember It was that. like on Halstead and North or whatever. Well. And I remember just... I still... I'm getting... Please just thinking about it. And just walking out of the bathroom and just told him to shut We got to go. <laughs> <laughs> and we took a cab home and I'm just... Agony. So there you go. All right. All right. Um, well, it's time for another segment of our show. Here we go. A random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is the part of the show where uh, Dave used to reach his hand into the jar, pull out a name of a celebrity, and force me to tell the story of that uh, celebrity, having met them. Um, during this uh, coronavirus time, we've d- opted not to do that anymore, and uh, I just tell a story based on whatever I want to tell a story about. Is that okay? You're in charge, bud. I am. I am. So I want to talk about the 1990s Chicago Bulls, because uh, the last dance special was on this week, and that got a huge, huge rating. I think the highest rating ever on ESPN. For have you seen game. it? Huh? Have, have you seen any of oh, it? Oh, it's great. It's great. Yeah, I, haven't seen it. yeah. I strongly recommend it. But any of, any of us who grew up uh, in Chicago or lived in Chicago in the 90s, the Bulls were everywhere. They, mm-hmm. were, they were the biggest thing in Chicago other than maybe Oprah. And I previously told the story of how I met Michael Jordan. I, I met him at his press conference when he announced that he was going to go into a baseball but, you know, I also was involved in the Bulls because I ran the board uh, occasionally for the games. The, the My radio station that I was on at the time, AM 1000, we carried the Bulls. Mm-hmm. So I would run the controls and I would talk into the, uh, into the uh, earphones of the guys that were doing the games. So Jim Durham, Johnny Kerr, uh, you know, all these guys that did the Chicago Bulls game. So I, I felt like I was kind of part of the part of the group. Oh, and I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure all thought you were too. Oh, I'm but, sure. You know, Scotty and, and Michael, they were all. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But, you know, if you're in Chicago, everybody has stories of running into a bull. You know, Benny the yeah. Bull was somebody that we would used to, with when I was with Landecker show, he came all the time to our live events. Ray Clay was the announcer. And now, you know, Michael Jordan. Um, we both met Jerry Reinsdorf. Yeah. The right. owner of the Bulls. Remember right, that? Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
when Tommy was a little boy, Steve Kerr uh, was one of the players on the on the Bulls, and Tommy, as a kid, refused to dress up for Halloween. Just refused because mm-hmm. that's you well, know Tommy, he's still like this, <laughs> right? right. Yeah, like no, <laughs> homie, don't play that dress up stuff. <laughs> So, uh, in order to trick him into having a costume one year, because he had a little, he was blonde, he had blonde hair. Um, Bridget put the letters K E R R on his on the back of a bull shirt, and so he went around as Steve Kerr. That was how his, old. How old was he? He was like five or six. Okay, but so he was reading then. He knew, but it was on his back. Oh, okay. So right. he couldn't see it. But anyway, the the thing that made me uh, think about the Bulls even more was uh, John and I wrote a song called uh, Dare to Bulls. Mm-hmm. And that was a, a big hit for us on the show, on Landecker's show. It was uh, covered in the Sun-Times, was covered in the Tribune. Michael Jordan's restaurant requested a copy of the song. Oh, that's cool. And they played it in his restaurant. And I'd like to play a little bit of it now. If you want to go check it out, it is on YouTube. It's called Dare to Bulls. Go to the Eckhart's Press uh, channel, and you'll find it there. I'll play uh, just a little bit of it here, but there's a fun video that goes along with it. You ready? Okay. Sure. Here, here we go. On the best team in histories, the only team that could win 70. They're the Bulls. They're the Bulls. Yeah, the Bulls. Chicago Bulls. Have 170. Though I can't afford those admission fees, never miss a single game when they're on TVs. They're the Bulls. They're the Bulls. Chicago Bulls. Yeah, the Bulls. Michael's MVP. We can all agree. Better stop traffic on the Kennedy. Who's got a coach who teaches in? That's a white guy now and then <laughs> Who's gonna win it all again? The Bulls! The Bulls! The Bulls! Michael and Scotty flying through the air Jeez! Rodman, what'd you do with your hair? They're the Bulls! They're the Bulls! Check out the Bulls! What? Bulls! Let me hear you say it! All the other teams know they just can't compete Left, it would be a six peat. There you go. That's uh, Dare to Bulls. Well, it would have been an eight peat, right? Yeah, but we wrote that uh, right, right, mid, right. midway through. Um, so, part one of those lyrics for those of you that aren't around Chicago, the Kennedy Expressway uh, had a like a building was um, painted with a starting five. Do you remember? Do you, it, you remember? It, well, yeah, it was, uh, right. it, it was right along the Kennedy High, uh, Kennedy Expressway. The, the side of a building right by North Avenue, right. they would put they would paint uh, all these cool things, uh, you know, as ads. And I remember coming home from work or, or, or and how the traffic was terrible right around there because people were literally stopping on an expressway yeah. just to look at the building when the when the Dennis Rodman went up that's what happened oh, was, he literally stopped traffic on the Kennedy that's how big the Bulls were well and they're not so good anymore no they're uh, not but we can live through uh through the past and live through it vicariously uh you know who you know who is still good though 
The Who? Well, yes. We're, yeah. The Who's great, and we're going to be talking to Lauren Gold in a few minutes. Um, keyboardist for The Who. But Lasano and Friends. Yes. Okay. The, the, that's kind of the, the the mothership. I would think of so, the, yeah. Of, of Opie shows, don't you think? Yeah. Uh, Lasano and Friends is back with vintage episodes, like a fine wine, Rick. Uh, starting all the way from the beginning, the first episode of Vintage Lasano and Friends um, was their very first podcast. And you know who's on this podcast? It's airing on 428, which is just a I few days. I do not know. Uh, legendary WLS radio legend Dick Biondi. Okay. Oh, a great guy. Uh, Larry Potash. He's been a guest on our show yep, from WGN Morning News. Uh, Rick Kempfer, I don't know how the hell he got this guy. Uh, Rick Kempfer from Minutia Men and Free Kicks. Yeah, I and was the there. Free, kick, uh, free Kicks is the U.S. soccer edition. But Minutia Men, uh, celebrity interview and f- uh, Free Kicks football is yeah. the international version. Oh, okay. okay. Gotcha. See what I did there with uh-huh. the football and the soccer? Uh-huh. Um, all that. Listen to Vintage Lasano and Friends. You can go to Opi. Shows.com, which is O-P-P-I-H, shows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. Okay. And uh, oh. we we have to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to have the keyboardist from The Who on this right. show. On this show that you're listening to right now. Don't go I anywhere. I can't explain how <laughs> excited I am. No substitute. <laughs> we're coming right back right after this. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, would you buy a 1994 Corvette with only 641 miles on it? Plus, rumors of their death have been greatly exaggerated. We're talking about sedans. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Costable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hey, this is Tony Lozano, and if you like podcasts, well, I'm the guy that you want to meet. Well, maybe, but I have my own called Nude Hippo, the podcast, and I do it with uh, many members of and friends, uh, including Kimmy. Hello. We feature some of the coolest guests like... Brian Cheverini, Ginger Z, Mr. Skin, Tom Dreesen, and so many more. These are like milestone interviews. They're timeless. So this way, you could pick it up at any point. I suggest you start from the beginning. Nude Hippo, the podcast, and Opie Show. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. <laughs> and we're back. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. All right, now Dave is almost too excited to speak, so he's asked me to introduce our celebrity <laughs> guest this week. He's he's one of the most respected keyboardists in the music industry today. He's played with a virtual who's who, no pun intended, of music superstars. Selena Gomez, uh, Demi Lovato, uh, Eddie Vedder, Huey Lewis, Steve Winwood, Hillary Duff, Kenny Loggins. He's currently playing with a little band from Shepherd's Bush. Please welcome Lauren Gold, keyboardist of The Who. Thanks for jumping on the air with us, Lauren. Hey, great to be here. You stole my line. I always say that. I, I, people ask, you know, well, so what band do you play with? I'm like, oh, small little band out of Shepherd's Bush. Oh, is that right? <laughs> That's <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> cool. Well, not. I don't know if you realize this, but today is it a day that you were supposed to be playing with the Who at the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. Oh, uh, you're killing me. I yeah, know. I was, I was looking forward to that. 
we were we were all excited about that one and um yeah it's a shame yeah well obviously uh the COVID 19 thing is is affecting you know all performers but uh you know you guys uh how are you doing during the pandemic how are you keeping sane um you know i'm doing all right I, i've had quite a uh, several projects that i that's just been on the back burner that I'm tackling. I mean, nothing exciting, but, uh, you know, stuff that's been piling up over the years, you know, getting my studio where it should be and getting all my mic set up, going through, you know, 15,000 photos that I've taken since yeah. you know, I've been touring and, uh, and things like that. But I'm, I'm, uh, getting my exercise and, and eating well and drinking a lot of water and doing all the obvious stuff. So, I'm I'm one of the lucky ones for sure. I have organized all of my computer files. Something that I never thought I would do, but you know, when you never yeah. leave the house, you got you've got to start yeah. doing this stuff. And I had still I still have so much more to do. I, I, I could spend <laughs> years getting this up to speed, you know? Yeah, I know. But keep in mind that uh I'm locked up with three teenage daughters. So no matter how bad you've got it, I'm locked up with, uh, you, know, you know, like I said, three teenage daughters who, by the way, could care less who our guests are from, you know, we've talked to, uh, you know, heads of states, uh, billionaires. But when I told them that I was playing with someone that played with Selena Gomez and Demi Lovato <laughs> and Hillary Duff, they, I actually impressed my teenage daughters, Lauren. Thank you for that. Oh, I'm glad I could help. <laughs> So, how did you go from Hillary Duff to Roger Daltrey? Yeah, right. It's uh, I, I could say uh, she just introduced me, but that didn't really work that way. Um, that would be a better story, though. You should hold that one in that your would back be a pocket. Great story. Yeah, right. Um, you know, that was just a series of steps. I never saw that coming. Um, obviously, I grew up listening to the Who and all that, but. I went from Hillary Duff um, to another artist named Taylor Hicks. That was kind of that was my okay. next step from there. Oh, the American American Idol, American right? Idol winner. Yeah, I I met him because I submitted a song. Um, I wrote a song for him with a friend of mine, and uh, he ended up using the song. And then it turned out he loved the song, and we hit it off. And he asked me to to lead his band and. We did that. I put a band together. We hit the road. And then basically it just went from there. I ended up getting a phone call um, from a buddy of mine asking me, buddy of mine who plays uh, with the Eagles, saying, do you want to audition for Roger Daltrey? <laughs> and do I? <laughs> yeah. I, learned, I was like, no, of course not. I'm busy. So you were on uh, tour with Roger, right? I mean, before you became a part of the Who. Yeah, yeah. I, I was in. I first met Roger when he was putting a solo band together when he wasn't touring. Because you know, and, Dave and uh, I went to see yeah. Roger uh, solo, and uh, something I've always wanted to ask the band members that uh, were in that. Because first of all, we love Roger. We love his solo shows, but when he starts talking in between the songs, you know, he's got yeah. a very thick accent. And there were there are a couple of times where we look at each other and say, "I have no idea what he just said." <laughs> do you ever me, feel that way him, yeah when i first met him i didn't have a clue what he was saying i would just smile and nod <laughs> he's, he's and every once in a while every once in a while it didn't work you'd be like 
you don't get it, do you? It's <laughs> like, no, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I love Not that. only he has a thick, thick, thick accent, he, you know, some, he had some very British mannerisms and sayings that I just didn't know what they were. Oh, bullocks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're yeah. a wanker, Lauren. <laughs> yeah, those are the easy ones. Trust me. I learned those quickly. So you, you're 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 much younger than these guys, um, but yeah. you grew up, you know, liking classic rock. How did that How did that happen? Well, I had older siblings, okay. and uh, you know, the the Beatle albums were sitting around, and I just took to that immediately. And then from there, it just I was like, oh, they're the Rolling Stones and the Kinks and all these other and the Who and all these other great bands, and I just I just fell in love with it. Even though I I missed that whole period, I just that was what spoke to me. You're from San Francisco, area, right? Yeah, Palo Alto, actually. But yeah, Bay Area. Home of Stanford, um, right? Right there, born yeah. in Stanford. Oh, beautiful. Hey, now, were you a Grateful Dead guy? I mean, was that part of your power rotation? I, mean, I really wasn't. I have to be honest. It wasn't my thing. Yeah, um, me neither. <laughs> but I know. I mean, I, I could have seen them so many times. I mean... Jerry was doing solo shows at Keystone all the time, and I just not once did I go. <laughs> I, I, I do regret it, <laughs> but uh, it just wasn't my thing. I was listening to so much other stuff. So now I was at your concert this past September at Alpine Valley in Wisconsin, which is oh, just over the border. Oh, oh my God! But the thing I'll never forget is "Love Rain or Me" from that show, which. First of all, I love that the new intro that you wrote to, uh, to that song, which is just amazing because you're there with an orchestra and everything. But then I also learned that God is a, a huge Who fan because the second you started playing Love, Rain, or Me, it actually started raining. Oh, that was our sprinkler system. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's a nice little touch. <laughs> that's a nice touch. But uh, tell the story about writing that intro. I mean, uh, how you got the support from Pete and Roger to do something like that. Yeah, you know what? Um, I really they they been so supportive and have just let me come up with whatever I want to play. And they, I mean, they I got I'm lucky. They they love what I'm doing and they don't get in the way. They're not they don't you know critique or they just the response has been great and they're they're happy and everyone's been happy with it. Um, I. I do put a little pressure on myself every every night. I try to change it up, so I'm sitting in my hotel room trying to write something different every night, which they think is crazy. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's all. It was awesome. The one I saw was just amazing. I mean, it gave me chills. Oh, it really thank did. You. Thank uh, you very much. Uh, I was at the. I was at a show. The show at um, on the south side of Chicago, south suburbs, about seven months earlier. I don't know if you remember that show. It was 40 degrees. Do you remember that show in uh, Portland Park in Chicago? So uh, let me think. the one the the one that you're just talking about. I remember that being the coldest show of the tour. I had to borrow my Tex jacket. I was re- wearing this heavy leather coat. If you remember, <laughs> on this he had a he had it's this great Who jacket actually, vintage Who jacket. Um, I remember that, and I remember. Rick and Dax Nielsen, who are friends of mine, sitting on the side of the stage, just, you know, we were all just cracking up, and it was just, it was, it was miserable. Great show. Oh yeah, and it was. I've probably seen the Who twenty times. 
And I was actually yeah. going, okay, guys, wrap it up. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get it. You know, yeah. okay, yeah, let's get the, yeah, won't get full again, I'm out of here, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't you know, remember, we, so you're saying the show, there was, a, there was another show seven months earlier that was uh, even colder? No, I'm no that. Well, Rick went to the Wisconsin show that was what, Rick in September or something. Yeah, probably. it wasn't. It wasn't as cold at that one. It was, the, but it was raining. Um, yeah, yeah. But you had good, good rain. Um, now, right. mine was like in May, maybe, or maybe it was. I think it was that same year. Whatever it was, it was like the beginning of spring, and it was just freezing, and everybody was just miserable. We loved the yeah. show, but the weather was just god awful. Was this with the orchestra? Uh, yeah, it was with the orchestra. Okay, so it could have been just the uh, same tour or something. I'm not sure. I, 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 I don't recall offhand, but... Yeah, at some yeah, point they must all kind of blur together. You're just going from town to town. I remember being in Chicago. Ooh, it was yeah, I think that might have been the last one. There, there was some day that it was it was nice everywhere. The weather was pretty nice everywhere. And it was nice leading up to our visit. And then as soon as we got there, <laughs> I was I was set up to play golf. And then I, you know, we're so excited. The weather was great the day before we show up. It's just it, it it's really cold. It's raining. I'm looking at my friend. I'm like, you're killing me. <laughs> you know, I'm San Francisco's kind of like that too. You know, where the weather's really unpredictable. Yeah, San Francisco's. You know, you got to go in the fall. Right. <laughs> right. Um, we had Alan White on, I don't know, Rick, was it six months ago or so? Yeah. From, and he told, from us, the, yes. he, he told a story that he got a gig with John Lennon with the Plastigono band just because, and you just said, mentioned it earlier in the interview, by just knowing somebody who knows somebody, right? Or, or you're being a good guy. And you gave an interview, um, I think it was with the Jewish News of Northern California. And, and I love what you said, and this really struck me, is to be a mensch. And for right. our li- for our listeners, and we're like number six in Costa Rica right now, so I don't think <laughs> any of those guys know what Mensch is. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, expl- you know, Mensch is a good guy, right? You know, somebody you can get along with, you know, someone who cares. And, and that was your tip to young musicians to, you know, just be a good, you know, a good soul, right? I mean, talk to us a little bit about that. It's so true. I mean, you, you, that, that's exactly what it is, what it means is, you know, be honorable and, uh, you know, be good to others, you know, just the basics, the basic rules. And, and so many of these gigs I've gotten that come from just, yeah, you meet people and, and you treat them well and, uh, you're professional and, and you, you do the right thing. You know, that's, that's how you meet people. You know, if, if you want to, uh, if it's all about you and you're going to be, uh, high on your horse with an ego it's uh, good luck to you sometimes it still works out but it's not the way i was brought up so do you uh you consider yourself more of a like a touring musician or or a studio musician what do you where are you most comfortable on stage or in the studio on uh i love being in the studio and recording um but i i i consider myself a touring musician because I, I love to perform you know I, I'm comfortable up there I love the interaction with the crowd um, especially with the who I mean it doesn't get any better so do you have any like yeah. one show that you remember that uh, was better than all the rest and and for what reason 
Um, there's a couple that stand out. The, I'm a big baseball fan, and uh, we played Fenway Park this past year. Oh, cool. At, at the end of, uh, yeah, and that was, you know, Fenway's went like, like Wrigley, you know, these places that you just, you know, you just, you walk around, you, you look at the history and you just think about, <laughs> man, Babe Ruth was here. <laughs> yeah, right. Right? right? <laughs> yeah, we're playing here in left field. That's where Ted Williams was, you know. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Um, so that was special. And, uh, and, and I took it, I take advantage of it sometimes with my love brain intro. I do a little, sometimes I'll do a little theme for the city. Um, uh, personal. Like at, at Fenway, I did a little, a little intro to cheers and oh, all those nice. love. Yeah. And, nice. and, uh, Madison square garden, I did a little Billy Jill thing. Just, just a snippet, just some, you know, if you blink, you'll, you'll miss it. But, uh, Anyway, um, you know, COVID nineteen baseball. Obviously, you're a big Giants fan, I assume. I am. Yep, yeah. <clears throat> big fan. Yeah, yeah Rick it, is a, it, it sucks. I mean, it's just yeah. I'm a White Sox fan, and this was the year we we're going to win it all, Warren. <laughs> and I know. That's what they said. <laughs> Nobody oh was really God. saying that, but <laughs> it's nice. It's nice well, of you to say. You guys, you guys are too. You guys are too. You know. We certainly had our run, and Cubs got one. And uh, I have a lot of friends that are that are Cubs fans, and uh, oh, I love I love Chicago, so, uh, and I love baseball. I miss it. I find myself reading baseball books <laughs> and uh, documentaries right now. I'm guessing oh, that well. uh, that Roger and Pete do not talk a lot of baseball with you on the tour. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, Pete, no, and then Roger, he loves uh, his 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 football. Yes, his Arsenal. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. an Arsenal fan. I was going to ask you who he follows. He's an Arsenal guy, yeah. yeah, big Arsenal fan. He's um, we've we've uh, changed our our departure times sometimes based on on, on a big oh, game, that's, which that's I hilarious. totally appreciate. I totally appreciate. <laughs> All right, so you know, last question before we let you go, because uh, as as a as a keyboard man, um, you know, everybody has heroes. Who is on your Mount Rushmore of the greatest rock and roll keyboardists of all time? Wow. Well, you know, I got to say, um, you know, there's the obvious greats like Rick Wakeman and, and these guys and um, them that are just monster players. Um, but, you know, I was really more about the song um, – I grew up listening to Elton John and Billy Joel and, um, you know, other, other guys that really stood out to me were Billy Preston and Nicky Hopkins. You know, Nicky was a great sideman back in the day and they played these iconic solos that, you know, you don't even know it's him. You're listening to a Rolling Stone song or someone and, or a Who song. And it's like, yeah, that's Nicky Hopkins. You know, he was, he was the shit. (laughs) And and Billy Preston Uh, was on a Beatles record. He certainly was, yeah. Abbey Road and Let It Be. So those were those were two big guys for me, and uh, no one played the B three better than Billy Preston in my book. Um, so those two are my favorite. And in terms of just you know song guys, it was it was Elton and Billy. You know, I I, I love their playing. They're you know Elton had a real great rock and roll gospel feel, and Billy had a beautiful delicate touch at times and you, you can shred too um but you know it, it was the songs and they're playing it was a combination of both that i that, that really influenced me 
So, so with Zach Starkey also in the band, have you uh, met Ringo? Yes, many times. Ringo has uh, come to a few shows. Typically when we play L.A., we'll be there. And, uh, yeah, I've had the picture and the peace sign photo, and he, he is just lovely. I, I've got a quick Ringo story for you. I, I yeah. met him one time. We had him on a radio show that I was on here in Chicago. And he uh, he found out that we were on delay, you know, because, you know, most radio shows are on a delay, like a three-second delay. And he oh, he, he pretended like he was very offended by this. He was, he was just like, do you have any idea how many interviews I've done? I've done 10,000 interviews or more. And you don't trust me? You know, you think that I come in here? I don't know how to handle this? And, and he said, all right, all right, Ringo, well, fine. We'll put you on. We'll put you on live. We'll put him on live. He goes, yeah. well, am I on live now? Yeah. He said, shit. <laughs> that that's Ringo. Well, if people want it. to follow you, Lauren, how do they follow you? You know, go to laurengold.com, L O R E N G O L D, and then on that on that landing page, there are links to all the social media stuff. And but, uh, is Instagram, there... Twitter, Facebook, it's all my name at Lauren Gold. Is there any chance that the the Who is going to be touring again? Uh, did you, any any word at all on concert venues or anything? Well, we have dates, um, you know, on the calendar for right. next year. Um, but we're kind of all in the same position. Right. We're, we're waiting to hear, you know. But we do have they've been rescheduled. Well, our UK run has been rescheduled for twenty twenty one. So let's just. Let's hope for the best here. You know, my wife and I were looking for a, a vacation to take in March, and we were all ready to book a flight to Dublin because uh, you guys were playing in Dublin right. for St. Patrick's Day right around that time. And, uh, boy, good thing I'm, I'm glad we didn't get the tickets, but we were we were seriously thinking about it because this is one band that if you haven't seen The Who in concert, you are missing the greatest rock and roll show in the world. Am I right, Dave? Oh, my God. Oh, don't start me. You know, uh, Lauren doesn't have another 45 minutes for me to talk about every show that I've seen. <laughs> yeah. Other than that show, they're all great. Dave, Dave and I have seen time. The Who probably combined 20 times. Amazing. Yeah, it's, it, it, you know, everybody has the band that speaks to them, right? And for me, it was, though, you know, going to yeah. high school, Quadrophenia, yeah. I love Quadrophenia, um, who are you? You know, I mean, just it was. This is they're they're my band. In fact, I've got a quick story before we go. I was playing Sony Mobile on an eight-track tape player in my 1974 Monte Carlo, and I lost <laughs> control of the car. I mean, and it, everyone, I wasn't going that fast, and I got into a head-on collision. And I still remember going mobile, playing in the background as I'm t- as I'm talking to the cops after I get into an accident. So so you tell Roger and Pete that they owe me for damage to my 74 Monte Carlo. Yeah, give me the receipt. I'll, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> Put it in for petty cash. Because uh, that, that 74 Monte Carlo was worth about eight bucks. <laughs> yeah, right. The 8-track was worth more than the car probably at that point. I love it. Well, Lauren, yeah, thank you awesome. very much for being on the show with us. We greatly appreciate it, and we wish you the best of luck. Yeah, and be um, safe, man. Be safe. Thank you. Yeah, you too. Take care of yourself. So long. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.
Bye-bye. Seems like a nice guy, doesn't he? Uh, yeah. Uh, talk, I mean, again, this is just like the Alan White story. A big fan ends up playing with their, you know, with your idols. Yeah. Just a, a really nice guy and uh, really hoping COVID-19 um, won't stop their touring. Right? I have seen their last five farewell tours. Yeah, right. So. I've spent a college education <laughs> with tickets for their farewell tours. We should have asked him, you know, we should have asked him if this is really their farewell tour. I got to think it's got to be getting close. I don't think, I don't think they're even calling it that anymore. I think yeah, they're back know, full. Yeah. They're fully back. They just put a new album out last year. Yeah. And uh, Simon Townsend, we've been trying to get Simon on the show. Uh, he wrote, I think, three of the sh- songs for the new album. Cool. Just still trying to get him. All right. Well, if you want to find uh, find our show, you go to opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts. Search for Radio Misfits. Uh, special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasana with opishows.com. Opi is hippo backwards. O-P-P-I-H shows.com. We're distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Minutia Men. This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? I am Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. And on Back to You, our podcast, we do all kinds of things like, how would you describe it? We do nitpicky things sometimes, like how come you got headphones on and I don't? Because I'm the star of the show. Well, see, that's up for uh, debate and deliberation. And uh, a lot of the show is about who gets top billing and last word. Well, we'll find out in the next Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. See ya. Bye. Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. An OPI show, only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. What do you get when you hear a celebrity Minutia Men interview, Dave? Rick, think of Dan Rather and Bill Maher having a kid. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. So you'll get Minutia. Right. What does a Damone from Fast Times and Ridgemont High really think about the movie? Only right? one place to find out, and that's Celebrity Minutia Men interview, a Tony Lasano podcast. Go to opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits.